0: and binge on those videos which which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube, and tell a friend. All right, everybody, welcome back to Trade Show U. I am so excited today. We have on today an amazing guest who's got an amazing background, which I'm going to let her tell you. I normally do an intro, but I'm going to let her tell you because she's got some experience that you just won't believe. And we're going to be talking today a great topic and this is something that a lot of show planners organizers whether you're doing a corporate event or a big industry trade show you've got to be thinking about should I have a host should I have an MC Wendy Lee Curtis is my guest today we're gonna be going all over the place so I'm really excited so so buckle up and Wendy Lee thank you so much for joining me today on trade show University say hello to everybody out there
1: Hi, everybody. Jim, I'm so excited to be here. Hey, y'all, what's good? That's usually my open. <laughs> so I am, I am talking to you from Houston, Texas. Right now, I'm smack dab in the middle of the country, so it's three and a half hours to each coast, which is perfect for someone who, who you know normally does what I do for a living. But uh, a little bit about me. Um, my mother swears up and down that I sprang from the womb with tap shoes on. Oh. I grew up knowing that I wanted to sing and dance for a living. And so at some point I made my way to New York and I fulfilled that dream of performing on Broadway. So wow. I'm a veteran Broadway performer. You might've heard of one of the little shows I did, Mama Mia.
0: Oh yeah. I, I may have heard yeah, a little off, <laughs> off, off Broadway show, right? <laughs> wow. That's amazing. have a forever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Huh. I transitioned from Broadway to um, broadcasting. Uh, I was living in New York when 9-11 happened and oh. Singapore at the time and my daughter was almost four. And I had lived in New York for years and through all of its incarnations, both pre-Disney Times Square and, 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 and post-Disney Times Square. <laughs> and after 9-11, it just really shook me. I just didn't feel safe in the city with my daughter. And at the time, Broadway was moving west. It was moving west to Las Vegas. They were actually calling it Broadway West.
0: Wow. I did not know that. Wow.
1: So in our industry, it was being called Broadway West. So I packed up my little car and I drove by myself from New York to Las Vegas. I had never stepped foot there. And Vegas became my home. Um, one of the ABC affiliates there, kt ABC, uh, about a year after I got there and was doing a hodgepodge of all kinds of different like side hustles, had a contest, the Great Traffic Reporter Contest. And I remember thinking, well, that's fascinating. Um, I hadn't really made any friends and I was feeling really isolated in Las Vegas. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to go to the audition. Maybe I'll meet some like-minded people on the line. You know, just, we're just going to shake it up. And we get there and there's about 250 people in the line. And all the oh. real broadcasters are at the front of the line. <laughs> <I'll talk laughs> about stations They work at. meanwhile, I'm in the back thinking, oh gosh. Have I wasted my time. I'm like, well, I'm here now. I'm going to see it through. So you walk in, you just improvise. They say, okay, give us 20 seconds of a traffic report, make something up. And, um, being the, uh, the Saturday, uh, big movie musical fan that I was, I liken my traffic report to the Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Yeah. Vegas is very windy. Like you can be on the road. They always keep your hands at one and 10 because it's very windy. Car off the road, I was like, Oh, there's a flying monkey going by. And, <laughs> you know, I was like, You know, they're gonna hire one of those people at the front of the line. Um, long story short, I made it into the top 10. The Las Vegas viewers um, voted on all of our auditions, and then I made it into the top five. And then they invited me to come in and report on the traffic one day. Um, as it would happen to be, there was not one single accident that whole morning, <laughs> so. I had to draw in a wellspring of experience <laughs> improvisational <laughs> skills to fill the hour and a half of traffic, traffic reporting that I was doing for Good Morning Las Vegas, which at the time was the number one morning show. And um, everyone voted. The station management interviewed me. Um, and I got the job.
0: Wow. And I, happened,
1: I happened to get hired under an iconic news director. whose name was Dick Tuniga. I'm from Chicago, cigar smoking, think Cronkite of that era. Uh, yeah. He was my news director. And he called me into the office one day and he says, kid, traffic is bullshit. I was convinced I was being fired. He leans across the desk and says to me, do you want to be an anchor? And I panicked and I said, no, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> but... You guys don't have an entertainment reporter, and I would love to be your entertainment reporter. He said, Done, go up to HR and fill out the papers. And that was about four months after I'd been on air. Um, two months after that, I was called into the office again. In my mind, I'm thinking, I'm definitely fired. I'm sure I'm fired. And it was, You don't have a choice. We need you to anchor on the weekend mornings. Point blank, <laughs> like, like, period. So that was, it was trial by fire. Um, I think we were market 41, something like that, Some less than market 50. But that, that's been the trajectory of my uh, pre event speaking life has been that Broadway to broadcasting um, sojourn. Wow. Um, I, don't, I don't know if people know this, but in the event industry, there are a ton of people that come from my world. And when I say my world, I'm talking about the Broadway community. Um, on the production side that are calling shows that are part of the production teams. And so there is a symbiosis between the Broadway community and the live events community. In fact, we used to call them industrials now in the Broadway realm, they call it corporate theater.
0: Ah, corporate theater. I got to, I'm writing that one down. Corporate theater. (laughs) Fantastic.
1: I I was, Stepped in again, and a couple of my Broadway colleagues who had who had transitioned from performing into directing and producing were doing some large um, some large budget stage events for I want to say it was Boeringer Ingelheim, and the phone rang and they're like Wendy Lee, are you free? I was like yeah, what do you want me to do? I need you to be a game show host. I'm like oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Come again. Yeah, we're going to, I think the drug was Pradaxa. Yeah, it was Pradaxa was the drug. And I think the game show was called Pradaxapedia. And so that was the beginning of my live event, hosting, emceeing, moderating career was me being a game show host for or Ingelheim in in San Diego at the convention center.
0: What an an amazing journey. What an amazing journey. For everyone listening, all you business professionals out there, I want you to, to pay attention and think about the bravery that Wendy Lee has shown throughout her life, throughout her career, leaving, leaving New York, the center of Broadway where she was performing, where she was thriving and said, you know what? I'm going to Vegas. Never been there before, but my, my daughter and I were going to Vegas and she went there and she, (laughs) she did the, I'm going to this, this interview and I'm at the back of the line. I'm going to give it a shot and, the wizard of oz thing that's that's i love that story because you were creative you're like i'm going to stand out i am going to stand out and and you made things happen and as new opportunities came to you wendy lee you have no comfort zone do you i mean this is <laughs> they said we want you to do this and you did you did it obviously it was a little uncomfortable it was a little uncomfortable because each time you they were asking you to do something a little bit different but you did it and you rose to the challenge so how amazing how amazing is that i
1: don't want anyone to think for one second that i am fearless (laughs) i just do it scared i do it scared, and i transmute the anxiety that i'm feeling uh there's actually a term for that. It's called anxiety reappraisal. And I didn't know that. It was just something oh. i intuitively, internally doing is I take the anxiety and I try to translate it into energy and excitement because they, they're on the same level, right? They're both high right. value. One is a negative high value emotion. The other is a positive high value emotions. So I just transmute that because trying to be calm does not work for me. <laughs> My anxiety is set up that does not work for me.
0: So. <laughs> oh, but you did it and you and you've continued to thrive at each level and each new opportunity, doing great things. I want to hit one more thing before we start to ta- ta- get to the this, uh, this more current part of your career where you're doing more events. And that, you you touched on improv. Now, did I see that you had done done some stuff with Wayne Brady from, from uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? He is absolutely brilliant. Tell us a little bit about that experience.
1: He was, okay, so this is during my stint as an entertainment reporter. And honestly, all the, all the hair stood up on my arm because <laughs> he was one of my favorite celebrity interviews. And I've interviewed a lot of celebrities. Everybody from Michael Jackson's father, Joe Jackson, to Liza Minnelli. No no shade, no teeth, Liza. I, Liza. <laughs> but Wayne Brady was one of the funnest interviews I ever did. And I feel so bad. I cannot think of his co-star's name who was on Whose Line Is It Anyway. Um, tall, curly-haired, Caucasian gentleman. But he was doing the show with Wayne as well. And the entire show was improvisational.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> no yeah. shape
1: or form. They would get up there every night and just wing it. And um, I did some digging and found out that Wayne comes from the world of Disney. So we had that in common, too, because, you know, every every performer makes their way through all of the corporate performing realms. And so we had both done our stints with Disney (laughs) and I went in for uh, a sit down interview. and She was like, oh, no, we're not doing that. We're going to play the one word game. And I was like, oh, Lord, what's that? (laughs) He sat me down between himself and his, his his his. his co-star and everyone says one word and you're supposed to tell a story Oh, so he goes once and i went upon you know and then it just everybody throws in a word until the story has a beginning a middle and an end i had so much fun oh. I, I love me wayne brady he is wildly talented and incredibly gracious so big up to wayne
0: yeah i've uh i've only seen you know, him on the show and, and in other, in other shows. And he's always, like you said, wildly talented, unbelievable. Like there's no way this could be improv. He's so good, but it is, it is true improv. I've, I have a very good friend of mine. Who's an improv uh, instructor, and improv actor. And he says, it's just a lot of practice of what ifs and they, you know, you don't just, you're just not automatically that good at improv. You know, no one is that good. It takes a lot of rehearsal and a lot of practice and over time become that way. But you never know what's going to happen. It's all about reacting to what's around you, and what's given to you. What a great experience that you had. So congratulations on that. And now you, uh, and that is important for a good MC. Is that not correct? I mean, you don't know what's going to happen next. Especially
1: not since everything's gone virtual. Oh, yeah. I, I really think that the undergirding of my success in each of these realms has been that I'm living my life with depth and breadth. Because improv is nothing but responding to what someone is saying based off of your lived experience. And if you have not lived a bigger, bigger life, it can be difficult to manifest language when someone is sending something your way. And so... I really feel like my love of reading, my very background um, with Broadway, because you you tour, I've been to 31 countries. Wow, wow. I've, I've traveled and most of it has been on someone else's dime. They paid me to go and perform there and the experiences that I have there all lend themselves to that and, and um, being an incredible listener. Everyone thinks improv is all about talking. It's actually about listening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that makes sense. That... Life
1: depends on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: wow. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about um, about your event. It started as, as a game show host. That was your first uh, as a corporate theater <laughs> gig. So what happened after that? Tell us a little about some of your some of the these event trade show MC type of of jobs that you've had, and then we'll then we'll dive a little bit deeper into what makes a good MC.
1: Well, it's a pretty, um, it's like a pyramid. It's like the Broadway community. Once you kind of work with any one of the big production companies, you kind of get passed around because, as you know, there are a lot of freelancers Mm -hmm. in our industry. And so they're moving in between, you know, Pine Rock and Wilson Dow and Blueprint NYC and Broad Street and Vent. So um, once you do a great job and you're easy to work with, Hello, divas. <laughs> 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 this is for you. <laughs> this is collaborative, so <laughs> retire your diva hat. Um, you really, you, just, the work just kind of comes. You just start getting calls and emails. Are you available? And the ask is always different, which is what I love, which mimics and mirrors what you do as a theater performer. You do one show for six or eight weeks. If you're lucky, you do a show for a year, but you're constantly having to... Reacclimate to an entirely different set of circumstances, a different ask, and different collaborators. And so I went from game show host to um, main stage host to main stage co host. Um, I remember we were, in, a lot of them were in Vegas everybody loves to do their events in
0: vegas There's a lot of hotels there's a lot of, there's so yes. much to, for people to do and they want to bring their families or spouse or not <laughs> it is vegas all of a sudden by the way People <laughs> will talk about that <laughs>
1: probably see too much but no one of the shows i was doing and the techno something happened technically so whatever was supposed to show up on the jumbo screens behind us wasn't happening and so they just needed us to do something to pass the time so I was like <laughs> hey y'all I don't know if you know this but I was in the national tour of Mama Mia I was like who loves ABBA and everyone's like oh I love ABBA so I started singing Take a Chance on me <laughs> as a sing along and by the time we got to the the end that whatever technically was had gone us astray or awry was fixed and we jumped back into the show. <laughs>
0: so- wow and the people in the audience were probably going that was planned that was definitely planned that was too good <laughs>
1: But it's Uh, great because when you do those gigs, you actually are typically in the same hotel with a lot of the attendees, so you really get to um, even outside of the event, you get to meet a lot of these people. And for whatever reason, I would say eighty to ninety percent of my work has been in pharma and medical. There have been so many times when I've done an event um, for a new drug that's launching, um, like the drug like Latuda, which is uh, there to serve the community that's battling schizophrenia. Where I learn so much, and it actually, it changes something for me. It's not just work, right?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I'm stretched and grown from having had that experience. So I think right. that's the other part of events that I really, really like. Aside from, I like people, but aside from that is learning something new. Because it's, it's always a new ask, and it's, there's always something you can learn
0: on every job, no matter how much you think you know. Absolutely. And some of the people that I've met that have, that are also MCs, there's some of the smartest people I've met and some of the hardest, uh, workers, as far as researching ahead of time, they're not just given a, a script and saying, go and now go and host. They, just pour over all the details. What are the, what are the main companies here? Who are the attendees? What is the association that's sponsoring? What is uh like you said, if it's a specific drug or specific product that they're supposed to be talking about, they learn about it. So they are kind of an, a quasi expert about oh, yeah. that. And it's because they've got to talk eloquently. And so that when that, when that improv moment comes up, they're not stuck. They're not, they don't have that stage fright or that freeze. They can continue on.
1: They can pronounce akathisia, yes. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) No, medical is so dense. And um, one of the things that happens, particularly with that, is legal will come in, and sometimes an hour before the show, they'll change the language in the script. Oh. So you have to be nimble. That's what I mean about, like, you cannot, in my humble opinion, you cannot be a diva. You must be nimble because things can change, the bottom can fall out, something can go wrong, a awry, and you, you have to be able to, as we say in the dance world, step all change, and keep going, keep going.
0: Love it. So for, for the associations out there, the companies that might want to do their own corporate events, or they're, they're about to host a, a big trade show, conference expo, something like that, and they're thinking, wow, we've never had a host before, what what advice would you give to them? What things should they look for in an MC? What questions should they be asking someone like you?
1: You want me to keep it 100?
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: So the first one, um anyone they're considering, I would get feedback from other people who work with them about how easy they are to work with because particularly right now, everyone in, on the production side of things is under tremendous amount of stress. They're juggling a whole lot of balls and and what really is not cute or appropriate is like the whole deeper thing um because that can come into play um they really want someone who knows how to connect the dots and this is their zone of genius not their zone of excellence their Mm -hmm. zone of genius like this is something they can do with their eyes closed if it all falls down and all falls apart they can keep the train on the tracks no matter what that to me would be the first Asset I would have because if this last 18 months hasn't taught us anything else it's that mm, nothing's guaranteed we have no idea how things are going to come together or fall apart and so choose your collaborators that's what an MC host moderator is choose your collaborators wisely well put works and plays well with others
0: <laughs> what would they uh for someone who's brand new uh, to having having a host or an MC, what kind of roles would that person play uh, and how could they best someone who's seasoned how could they best guide the the whoever's putting on this this event how could they best uh, work with them to to guide them on what things that host is going to be best suited for during the event does that make sense
1: very much so okay. I would look at okay so that's the one thing that um it really is like gardeners Pick when it comes to MCs and hosts and moderators out there. You want to look for alignment between their previous work and our previous experience and what your ask is. Don't just pick this host because they've done everything. If there's not alignment, alignment before anything else. Before okay. anything else. If there's not alignment in their specific skill set and the specific jobs and assets they've done, then I don't care how great they look on paper. It's never going to fit as well as someone who has that alignment. If that makes sense. Yes. And, 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 for the love of God, like, okay. Keep it real. real. <laughs> um, there's, there's one of two things that have to happen. People either need to start hiring MCs hosts and moderators, or they need to start training their C-suite, whether that's a CEO and anyone in the C-suite like a broadcaster, it is no longer, Viable for people who do not have acumen to be on camera tasked with driving an event that's hundreds of thousands of dollars just because they hold X title. I have been on screen with some of the biggest titans of industry and I am a thousand percent positive that they are killer live and on stage. But I have seen them quake and stutter and, and, and struggle on camera, that is not unusual. It is vital that your host MC can connect and captivate your audience. When you come on the screen, all eyes are on you. Not because it's about you, but because the energy that you send through that camera with your voice, with your face, with your mannerisms, gathers the audience to you, right? And, and holds them holds them for the entirety of what it is that you're there to say, do, and deliver. So it's one of the two, because I've seen some, I mean, they've called them virtual events, and God bless them, I have seen so many of my colleagues on the production side, especially early, early in um, the pandemic, who were trying to figure out how to make it work. And the one big mistake that I saw was them essentially taking the template for live events and sticking a camera in front of it. That is not a virtual event. That is a video archive of Mm. a live event.
0: Absolutely, (laughs) saw the exact same things.
1: that, That is a very different thing. That is a video archive of a live event. True virtual and or hybrid events have a high touch production value to them that is akin to broadcasting, broadcast news, broadcast television. And so if you're gonna cut corners because I, I know there are budgetary restraints. That is not the place to do it. That, that should honestly be the last place. I don't know. And, and from what I understand, that's typically budgetarily the last thing people decide on. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're going to spend all this money on this event and then you have no guarantees that you have a conductor that can actually get the event from point A to point B? Lunacy. Absolutely. Lunacy. It should be one of the first things. It should be in the top five that decision, and no matter how great somebody is in real life, if they are not connecting, captivating, authentic on camera, then their on-camera time should be limited, because people are—they're burnt out with the Zoom.
0: That is an excellent point because everything is, is a hybrid event. Now, everything is a virtual event. Even if it's a live event, there is now a hybrid component to every single event. And for all you show producers out there, if you're not doing hybrid, you're missing out, but you've got to have those people that. Understand, it's not just this audience of 500 or 1,000 or whatever people in front of me that I'm getting all their energy, but I've got to connect with those people across the screen from me as well. And so you've got to understand there's a whole audience that might be 10 times the size of what's in front of me, and I've got to learn to engage them or I'm going to lose them. So Wendy Lee is bringing so many great points up about what you need to consider, whether it's hiring someone like Wendy Lee or whether it's it's having one of your own people that's trained up that they could do this effectively. Really, really great stuff.
1: um, I've I've spoken in front of 5,000 people and never laid one eyeball on one person other than people on the production staff. So you have to have someone who can internalize that right? Who can internalize the energy of of what that would look and feel like live on stage and bring it right. Y'all can't see me, but I'm sticking my finger on the camera, <laughs> the camera lens, bring it all the way through the lens, not to the lens. Because that's yeah. what most people that don't do this for a living do is they talk to the lens. You got to talk through the lens so that you grab everyone and you keep them.
0: Spoken from experience. <laughs> the, the background, I love it.
1: In theater, we'd say, um, there's a saying, play to the back of the house.
0: Oh, okay. Right?
1: Play to the back of the house. And it, it's not that different um, on camera. It's It's more focused. The parameters are narrower, but the intention is the same. You really want to be playing to the back of the house.
0: Okay, let's talk about benefits what are the benefits of actually bringing a professional mc to to an event what what kind of benefits should uh, show organizers associations companies expect to get from hiring the right person
1: oh it's like it's like hiring the right nanny or the right personal assistant no really you get to focus on the big picture things because if you hire the right person they've got it you they're the last thing you have to worry about you can worry about um everyone within the company that you're having to integrate into, um, this event, you can, you can put it down. If that makes sense, you can make the play, you have the meetings and you can put it down and then you can focus on the thing that should be driving the events, which is content, Mm -hmm. content, content, content. Um, it, it, I don't think people understand how much more exponentially it makes your job so much easier. It makes your job so much easier. Who's, when you hire someone whose zone of genius is this whether it's moderating hosting or MCing, because those are three different asks and that really again it's about alignment don't hire someone who has a ton of hosting and MC experience if your event requires a moderator mm-hmm. that is a different skill set absolutely Questioning, questions follow-up questions knowing when to take a question from the the audience or the chat it is it's it's this right it's <laughs> Tapping the top of your head and rubbing your stomach all while you know juggling balls all at the same time those are three different acts, and I'm not sure that people really understand that
0: no i I could almost guarantee they don't most do not <laughs> most do not, um,
1: not a different skill set
0: yeah, but when when you said it's like hiring a nanny mm-hmm. all of a sudden that, that just like. A dawn breaking over marble head over here is that all of a sudden I got it. It was like, wow, yes, I'm freeing up all of that. All of the little details that I, that would normally cloud, not cloud, but just clutter up the mind of a lot of these people who are then running around, running around and they, you could step back, leave that to, to the right host, the right MC and. Focus on the content, focus on your audience, focus on the people that are your sponsors, your attendees.
1: Oh, and it takes a lot so of the work off your client as well. Um, they don't have to, because here's the thing, I've never done an event and something not go wrong, whether it went a little wrong or a lot wrong. That is just, that's just the nature of things. Yeah. And to try to have someone in the C-suite pivot when something goes awry, like that's too much pressure for them. Let them come in and do what they're great at for however amount of time they're going to do it. Um, it it elevates, it elevates what's possible for the event. The event moves from adequate to extraordinary. And, and not just, this with anything. You, you wouldn't hire someone who's great at, oh, I don't know, basketball to be the CEO of your company. You, you hire for positions based on people's zone of genius. And so, to try to we just make it look too easy <laughs> we do we make it look too easy, and so yeah. people think they can do it, and they try, and I can't help it, I cringe. I'm like, I would have yeah, no <laughs> <laughs> no. no. I'm sure you're fabulous at whatever it is that you do, yeah. but this is not it. <laughs> this is not it. Bless your heart. That's what we say in Texas. Bless his heart. Bless your heart. <laughs> also, your MC can. Um, this is another thing. A lot of times when I'm MCing, um, especially virtually, we'll all be backstage in a green room, green room, a virtual green room. And I can always sense the nervousness of the person that's coming up in the next segment. Your MC or host will coach them up live. Wow. Right? Right before they come on camera, your MC or host will be pouring into that person so that when the camera comes up, let's say they they were here, now they're there. That's the other thing an MC can do is they can bring everyone else's performance level up because wow. we're there. Our energy, it's an it's like a wave, right? Surfers out in the ocean, he's on his board, and a big wave comes and it seems in all the way to shore. That's what a great host and scene moderator can do for your entire production.
0: You're giving everyone th- a lot to think about, <laughs> a lot to think about. <laughs> Hopefully they've got their wheels spinning going, wow, wow, this is fantastic. So let, as we come around the, the home stretch here and and wrap up, give everyone, the, what do you th- what are the one or two things that you really want people to take away from our discussion today?
1: It's been a tumultuous year and a half. And so even in my 16 years of doing this, the trajectory of what I've been asked to do changed substantively in the last year. Um, prior to the pandemic, it was rare that I would get main stage by myself. I always had a male co-host, always. I, I don't know if that was for balance or you know whatever. I think these are just established norms.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. But
1: when the pandemic hit, suddenly, the face of the the event was this African-American woman. It just doesn't happen very much. So there's two things I would say, hire a host and see moderator, but also hire talent that's diverse. I've received so many emails from attendees saying it was so nice to see a woman of color like leading the event. This industry is in love with, Male hosts and I had an agent tell me once because I asked, "Coming from Broadway, I'm like, what's that about?" And he said to me, "People just feel like men are more commanding." I beg of you, let's innovate. Let's evolve as an industry. I know that the event industry is really connected to a long-standing history of established norms, but there has never been a better time to innovate, to do interesting and revolutionary things than now. Then now I bring something different. Just by virtue of who I am, everyone does. Who wants to go to, um, a salad bar and only eat the same three things.
0: <laughs> in their salad?
1: There's, there's value in that. When I was working at KT and remember, um, you have editorial meetings every morning, right? you sit down at the table with all of the producers and the news director and everyone pitches a story. I was living in Las Vegas at the time, and the Clark County School District was struggling financially, didn't have the money to really do the school year. So they wanted to do year-round school. So I don't know if people are familiar with that. It's exactly what it sounds like. Instead of a nine-month school year, they essentially do school the entire year, and they they do tracks. There was an A, a B, and a C track. Most of our producers were early 20s, no kids. So there were people picketing. There were parents that were picketing, losing their minds because I want to say they announced it in March and they wanted to do it in May. They're like, what are you kidding me? So all the producers were like, oh, these parents are so extra. And I was still new, you know, I was still new. So I'm listening to them, you know, degrade and like really like dump on these parents. It's so ridiculous. And finally I couldn't help it. I raised my hand. I said, y'all don't get it. I said, first of all, this is Vegas. It's 129 degrees in the summer. <laughs> Who's trying to send their kid to school that goes through the summer? That's that's problematic. Number two, child care during the summer is a very different financial rate than it is throughout the year. And heaven forbid you have two kids and they're on different tracks. Hmm. How are these parents supposed to go to work? If they're have, if their need for child care is outside of that established summer window where maybe a week of camp is $100, but now they need five days worth of childcare. That hundred dollars might cover two days, and that's with a very gracious childcare provider. Yeah, I said it's a huge financial burden and it's a huge disruption to the family. Me being the only parent at that table changed that conversation, and that's what I'm that's what I'm imploring my event colleagues to do is bring in other voices because those other voices change the conversation. Change mm-hmm. the conversation. We followed up on that story, and that actually like was a ratings winner for us. Our coverage of that story, we won the bracket for that for that sweeps. Nice in that story. So step outside of the established norms. Have two women hosts. I, I've never seen that. <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with that? I've seen two men co-hosting an event. I've never seen two women co-hosting an event. Like, really think alignment, alignment, alignment before mm-hmm. anything else, before anything else, so that you get a synergy between the face and the voice of the event and what it is you are there to share. Great.
0: Great takeaways, you're getting people to just you're blowing the, the box has just been blown up. <laughs> you're like, you have to think outside it now because there's no more box. <laughs> Wendy Lee just destroyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on here and sharing so much wisdom, so much experience and in your energy, your smile, everything is just fantastic. We just so appreciate you. If people want to reach out to you, find out more about Wendy Lee Curtis, what should they do?
1: Oh, find me on LinkedIn. It's it's my favorite guilty pleasure. <laughs> LinkedIn. And Wendy is spelled weird. It's spelled with two E's. No Y. My friends call me Wendy Double E for a reason. W E N D E E. Wendy, Wendy <laughs> Curtis. All E's everywhere E's. Yeah, reach out to me on LinkedIn if you have any questions or you need referrals. I know a lot of great hosts and C's You know that that quite frankly should be working more.
0: You yeah. know.
1: Um, and who may have synergy and alignment with what it is that you want to do. So I know y'all are busy. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to denigrate my colleagues because I see how hard these production teams work. But there are resources for this, and just ask me. I know some folks. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I promise you. I know. I know. I know some people. Um, well just reach out to me on LinkedIn. And um, if anyone is interested in uh, on-camera coaching, I have a course called Confidence on Camera, How to Connect and Captivate. So any of you that are struggling and that really want to get your broadcasting chops up, just reach out to me and let me know, and I'll be happy to help you.
0: That. Yeah, that's awesome. So take her up on that. I'll drop her all of her contact information into the show notes. So click on the show notes, go grab her LinkedIn uh, or connect with her on LinkedIn, find out about the co- confidence on camera. So if you want to learn and video is everything now, I mean, it's, uh, and so you're, you you do not just have to be in network TV to be on video. <laughs> it's, it's, it's everywhere. Wendy Lee. Thank you. Code.
1: You're welcome. Yeah. Everyone thinks it's incredibly difficult. There are cheat codes that can, can get even like the most red person sort of up to speed and, and help them find their comfort zone with it. So don't give up on yourself. They,
0: you need someone like Wendy Lee in your corner cheering you on and giving you giving you the that confidence that you need to to break through Wendy Lee, you are awesome. I appreciate you thank you so much and and everyone reach out to her and continue to come back here week after week at Shoe University and we'll see you next time right here on campus. Thank you,
1: Jim. Bye everybody. Thank you so much.
0: I hope you had a blast and got as much value out of that interview as I did. And if you have gotten value out of any of my episodes and want to continue to get more great interviews like this one with Wendy Lee Curtis, please consider supporting me in a really, really cool and unique way. It's called Buy Me A Coffee. Just go to buymeacoffee.com slash you, where you can go there and just give a quick donation as much as you would spend on a cup of coffee your donation will help me to bring on great guests and continue to bring great value to you each and every week again buymeacoffee.com/trade show you